0: What's up, everybody? Uh, This is the long-awaited, not long-awaited, just long hiatus. Um, We're finally back, half-court eve. Um, Yeah, we're finally back. It's been, I don't know how many weeks or some sort of months. But we're here with an NFL segment. Um, You know, mid-season reviews, all the hottest takes, um, disappointing players, surprising players, great teams, awful teams. Um, namely the Browns <laughs> and um, yeah let's get right into it we're gonna start with the best team who do we think the best team at this point eight weeks in is we'll start with Akshay
1: yeah personally I think it's the only undefeated team left which you know makes sense on why would they, they would be the best team Tap, but anyway continue it's the Steelers <laughs> at seven and no. they've had some quality va- wins over teams like the Titans and the Ravens and The Browns, who I think are a really good team, too, but we'll get into that a little bit later. And They've just been playing. Their defense has been dominant, which I think a lot of people forget about. Big Ben's been slinging the ball like he's you know, in his prime, which we don't know if he is or not at this point. But he just has even more weapons with James Conner having a revival season, Chase Claypool out of the draft. It's just they're playing complementary football on both defense and offense, and it just seems at this point that nobody can beat them. And from here on out, their schedule only gets easier because... They face the Bengals, the Jags, the Washington football team, Bengals again, Browns again, and they have a few harder games. But, like, they're going to be a team to watch going into the postseason. And right now, I think they're the best team in the NFL.
2: Yeah, that's a really interesting take. I I definitely agree with it in some sense, but I'm going to have to go with the Buccaneers in this. And personally, I believe that their offseason investments in getting Gronk for a really cheap price – uh th- th- through the draft uh recently signing ab we'll see how that turns out mainly tom brady all of these worked out really well for them and i don't think their record is exactly uh representative of you know where they stand because they're six and two but honestly i think those two losses as you guys know one of them was the dumb fourth down mistake by brady then the other one was, you know, week one, That that's where you didn't have a training camp. You didn't have preseason. You walk in, you're playing a team that's been playing together against an offense, the Bucks, who have a new quarterback, um, new tight ends, and it, it's, you know, different scheming and all that, planning around a new quarterback. And also considering statistically they're one of the best teams, you know, they're third in total defense. And then offensively, though they're 15th in yards per game, they are the uh, fourth highest scoring offense in the league, uh, surrounded surrounded by the Chiefs, Packers, and Seahawks, who are also elite offenses. We know how elite the Bucks offense is—Brady, Evans, Brown, Gronk, Godwin—but I think their defense is also underrated, and they really have had a solid showing showing so far. And I think they're an underappreciated best team in the league.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't agree with this at all because, like, I understand they've been dealing with injuries so they may not look at full strength but they've only played three teams who are over 500 and they're one and two in those games and one of them being the bears who like i don't really consider above 500 team and you were talking about how they should have won that bears game but if you say that that means they should have lost to the giants which is like those are just close games and things happen in those games if you lose you deserve to lose that's how i feel about it and like they've been playing very inconsistent football like they should have blown the giants out if they were playing how we know they can play but they just didn't. So I think to be the best team in the league, you need to have consistency, which is just something the Bucs don't have at this time.
0: Here's what I think about both of your awful takes. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Only Akshay's was bad. Akio, Akio, don't worry. Yours made sense. Um, the Steelers. I mean, are you kidding me? Seven and zero. Like the schedule lies, man. The schedule lies. There is. There's two games. They're two quality wins. The Titans are a very solid team, you know, a playoff team. And the Ravens are also a solid team, a playoff team. Um, however, the Titans, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Titans are okay, I guess. Uh, but here's the real issue. I think a lot of people said, you know, okay, the Steelers are legit because they got that win over the Ravens. No, they're not, okay? Lamar is not the guy that we thought he was or or I think that he is the guy in, in some ways he is the guy that everyone that everyone um, pegged him as coming out of the draft you know an incredibly talented athlete but not much of a passer and here's what I'll say about him I think that you know last year it's, it was essentially his first year because he didn't get to play um, because he didn't get to play before so, you know, nobody had tape on him. Everybody was scared of his, of his athletic ability. Um, and once the run game, once he opens up the field with his, with his legs so much, um, you know, the pass game opens up too. But now that everybody's, you know, got tape on him, they, re- they found ways to contain him, and they're forcing him to make a lot of throws. And here's the thing. He, at this point, I think that he'll get better because I, I believe in Lamar. I believe in his work ethic, but at least for now, he just doesn't have the same pocket passing ability that all the other young guys in, in his, you know, within a couple years of his age, all the other successful guys do Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Justin Herbert, you know, any of these Kyler Murray, any of these young guys, they're very accurate. They're pot. They can be pocket passers. Um, you know, they also like to use their legs, but they're a pocket passer first. Um, and that this is where Lamar struggles. You know, when it's when it's late in games, when he's down, when it's third and nine, and you need him to throw the ball because a run is not a run is not going to make it up for you. Um, you know, it's he he just struggles a little bit. So I think it'll get better, but I don't think that these. Like, you know, the, the wins against even the Ravens, the Titans, besides that, you know, it's just, it was just a cakewalk of a schedule. The 7-0 and does not mean much. Um, no, Paul, Paul. Okay,
1: <laughs> here's where you're wrong. First, 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 the Ravens, Titans, and Browns, they're all winning teams. And they're all like, they have five wins, five two, five three. 2 5 Browns like are that. awful. Okay, that's cap. Oh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But they're 3-0 and against teams like this. The Bucks, on the other hand one and two. And I know what you're saying about Lamar. And I've been saying that since the season started where you like disagreed with me at the time, but now you seem to come to my side. Cause you actually, you know, see what I'm saying <laughs> is the truth. Yeah, yeah, I know, but, right. uh, you
0: were right. You were right. I mean, you. Had, I, know you I, had was. I always am.
1: Yeah, I, I always do. Okay. okay uh, but, but actually
0: don't get a big head. All right. You were, you said that he was like, he's the, he's going to be the worst quarterback in the division. I, okay, I did not say true. that. But he's like, he's still up there. Maybe like two. I don't know. Is Actually, the, no. I mean, he's been playing yeah, pretty he did. bad. He's been playing pretty bad.
1: Yes, he has. But when you look at the Steelers' <laughs> schedule, which I want to get back to them because <laughs> that's what we're supposed to be talking about, they played the Giants at the beginning of the season, Giants blew not, them out. Not, not, I know, but the, exactly, Giants aren't good. Bucks had a close game with the Giants. The Steelers are undefeated, and they are the best team in the NFL because they have played competition and they've blew them out of the water. So that's just what I think, but I don't know what Akeel thinks.
2: Yeah, I I mean when you say it was a blowout versus the Giants, I wish you watched that game. I, I did like, watch that
1: game and like even though the, the
2: score doesn't exactly this, tell you that it's a blowout. Yeah, the score is 26. Six, watching that game. No,
1: watching that game you knew the Steelers were going to win the whole time. You knew their well, defense was going to create were gonna turnovers
3: because they were playing the Giants, but <laughs> not because I was watching
2: the no, game.
1: But that Bucks game, but, you didn't feel like the Giants or the Bucks had control against the Giants the whole time. Like, you thought there was a chance the Giants might win that game. But when you look at the Steelers versus Giants week one, I don't know. When I, when I saw that, I just felt like, yeah, this is the Steelers game the whole way through. So, I don't know. There was a difference between those two games for me.
0: Yeah, I, I could. All right. uh, Paul, did you get a chance to mention yeah, let, me, let, me, let me get best to, team? Yeah, let me get to my take because, actually, we, we have a ton of topics – slated for today and to be honest I do not think that we're going to get in on them because I think the best part about the podcast is when us three are arguing um, and I don't, th- so, I, so yeah. I think that the arguing is going to slow us down, I don't think we're going to get through all of our, um, all the topics but here's what I'm going to say Chiefs are the best team in the NFL besides the sort of odd loss that they had against the Raiders, I'm not sure if it was just like a mental lapse for a game because they were sort of cruising um, I think it had come off it, it maybe it was just after they had beaten the Ravens. And this was still sort of like when, you know, everyone thought that the Ravens were the team to beat. Uh you know, but but besides that, you know, they've been they've been just relatively dominant. Um Patrick Mahomes, the offense is looking, you know, as potent as ever. Um and I think that the Super Bowl champs, I mean, these guys are still the team to contend with. I still I think that they'll be I think that they'll um Win the Super Bowl. I, you know, they're my pick for the Super Bowl, uh, and I think that they're the best team in the NFL without question. Yeah, I don't
1: agree with that. Just based <laughs> off the fact, like,
0: <laughs> I mean, you had to not agree <laughs> with that. You picked a different
1: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <But> like <laughs> keep going. They're a good team. Obviously, they made the Super Bowl last year. They're still, I don't know, they have one loss in the season this year, but. They're not the team we all thought they were going to be when they signed uh, Travis Kelsey to an extension, Chris Jones to an extension. We thought they were going to go out and dominate for decades to come, or at least years to come. I mean, but well, what did they?
0: They won loss in the
1: season, seven and one. Are they not dominating? Yeah. One loss on the season, but they had a very close game with the Chargers, which I think they should have lost. And then they played the Bills tight. Like, I don't know. They, their games haven't been dominant. They had a two touchdown win over the Pats when that COVID week where they you know didn't get to practice without Cam Newton like i expected them to just be doing better than what they're doing right now like they've had some close games with teams who just are not it so i i don't think you can count them as the best team in the nfl at this moment at the end of the season they might be but not right now
0: okay that's fair that's fair um i'm still sticking i'm still sticking vehemently against the steelers being the best team um i just i don't think that they've I don't think they've played enough teams uh, or I don't think they've played enough good teams or, or even have really like the
1: wherewithal to make it deep into the playoffs. Um, Let me ask you this. If you don't think the Steelers have played enough teams, who do you think has played enough teams? Like there's not one team that's just been having the toughest schedule in the league playing undefeated or playing winning teams every single week. It's like every team has – about half their games against over five hundred teams, half the games against under five hundred teams, you're gonna have that split with any team you see. Here's no here's what I think. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree yet. Yeah. I don't think that any team has played a
0: ton of tough teams. But what I will say is some teams are out here trying to prove themselves. And I think that team one of those teams is the Steelers. And so in order to prove in order to prove yourself, I mean it's it's in one way it's similar to college football. Um you know you've got to play stiff competition in order to um, make a case for yourself as being one of the top 10 five four teams in the country um, and a team like Kansas City that has already proved itself by winning a Super Bowl they you know there there's a, there's a different standard we already know that those guys can play um, I don't need them to beat the Bucs one week and the Ravens the next week and the um, and the Steelers the next week to know that they're a good team I know that they're a good team from
1: from last year. Um, But aren't we looking at just these eight weeks? Like, (laughs) shouldn't you judge each? I know to a degree, you have to look back on prior seasons, but like each season, anything can change, anything new can happen, right? He's got a fair point. He's got a fair point. I know, I always do. (laughs) I disagree with that, but yeah, let's
0: let's continue with the next topic. We can
2: go on and on about who we think our best team is, but we all have different takes. Now, I think something really interesting is who we each think the biggest surprise team or and our surprise players are through these first eight weeks of the 2020 COVID season so far. We can start with the auction. Yeah, just
1: to be clear, we're talking about surprise in a good way. Like We'll talk about disappointing in future, but right now right it's now, surprise in a good way. And I'm going to start with the Arizona Cardinals because they've just been playing really good football. They handed the Seahawks their first loss. I think they're the second best team in that stack division right now. And they've been basically dominating every team they've played um, except for the Lions, um, which I think that was just an aberration. You're going to have that when you have a young team who hasn't had that much success before. But they've they beat some good teams. Uh, the Seahawks have been, you know, as I said, undefeated before they came in. And then they blew the Cowboys out, which is not that impressive. Blew the Jets out. But they beat the 49ers when they were at full strength. They beat the Panthers, um, pretty convincingly too. Like this is a good football team. I think we need to start paying more attention to them. I
2: agree. I agree. yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Cardinals. I I love the way Kyler's been playing. Uh, when he got drafted, actually, I was wondering, like, you know, why does he get so much hype? I he doesn't seem that In good. Baseball. But now watching him, he is yeah. It's quite the i just want to
1: add like they've been good so far and that's why i think most surprising so far but i do think they're gonna dip down a little bit because the schedule starts getting to play miami buffalo seattle la um it's just it starts getting tougher so i don't know what their ending record is going to be but right now most surprising team for me
2: yeah uh Definitely someone to consider. But in my opinion, I think it's the Steelers. And though I don't think they're the best team, like Akshay said, I am definitely uh, surprised by their 7-0 record. Because looking at their schedule, if I were to look at this schedule before the season were to start, and we're specifically talking about the eight weeks. So, you know, going back to the beginning of the season, if I looked at the schedule, I'd say the Browns, Titans, and Ravens, possibly the Eagles, are games that they... Could have, would have lost. But if you look at those games, they beat the Steelers, uh, they beat the Eagles in a high scoring game. They blew out the Browns in an obliteration. Titans game barely won. Ravens game end of the game, in my opinion, a bad call against the Ravens, which led the Ravens to lose. But again, this 7 0 is incredible because if I'm looking statistically, they have one of the worst defenses in the league in total yards per game. They allow 339 total yards per game and other teams like, you know, uh, other teams like Cincinnati and Houston who are, you know, one and two win teams have better defenses. than Ooh, them, Pittsburgh? And They're nowhere near.
1: Are you talking, um, are you talking about Pittsburgh? Oh crap. Wait, completely
2: rephrase what I just said <laughs> I
1: was about to say,
2: um, Sorry. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Their defense is amazing. I I did not mean to talk about their defense. Their offense is what is.
1: Where Keel? Yeah. I can I can you cut know, out. That's my fault. Can you hear me what now? Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Mistake on my part. I meant that the Steelers' offense is very bad, and I I don't think that's what the seven and team has in recent history. When you look at. Undefeated or very elite teams. We look at the Chiefs, Ravens, Rams a few years ago. Those were all high powered offenses. And the Steelers this year, though they look like they should have a really good offense, they've had one of the worst offenses in the league this year so far. Though so they've put up a lot of points yards wise and even scoring wise. Sorry, scoring wise, they're doing really well, but yards wise, they're not producing enough. You know, players like Juju and James Conner aren't producing to the level which they should be.
1: I think all that matters is if you end the drive with points. And that's what they're doing. And they're stopping people on defense, which, is just as, which matters just as much as offense. And, like, yeah, I agree. I don't think they've been that surprising because I expected them to be in the competition to win the division, not, like, uh, run away with it as they are right now. But I thought they would be a good playoff team. So I don't think it's that surprising. But uh, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. And I know that I, I, I didn't
0: put a um, surprising team on the dock Um, or actually, so I think I'll, what I'll do is we're going to segue into surprising players as well. So so let me segue us into surprising players with, um, Justin Herbert as being my biggest surprise. I think I'm going to talk about him later in the podcast too. Uh, he, he has blown me away. And the reason is, um, I think, well, he was overlooked by a lot of guys. The reason was, um, at the beginning of last year's college football season, uh, Oregon and Auburn had a like a season opener Um, it was it was sort of a big test a big test for both teams but more so a test for Herbert and the and that Oregon squad Um, you know it was Herbert's third year it was it was his junior year Um, you know there was sort of like high expectations for the team you know seeing like is Herbert gonna is Herbert gonna like take the team to the next level are they gonna be a playoff team things like that Um, Auburn was starting a freshman quarterback Bo Nix um, they're, he's, they're still starting him, um, and he, you know he was like a highly recruited guy out of high school. But but at the end of the day, um, it should have been Herbert's game. You know he is the more experienced player. He is the one with the expectations. Um, and in that game, it's it was right near the end. Um, Herbert misses uh, a couple of key throws at the end of the game, and Oregon can't close it out. And what Bo Nix does, this freshman kid playing in his first college football game. He comes down the field, he scores, and he wins the game for auburn and so ever since then, um, I just did not think Herbert was the guy. um I thought that he you know he wasn 't clutch, and I think you know at college football, I was talking or like in uh pro football in any pro sport um you know it's it's all about the mental game you know it's all about being clutch it's all about work ethic um it is not about talent necessarily um you know because everyone's incredible when you get to that level and that goes for all sports and so I didn't think that you know if if Herbert couldn't do that in college I just didn't think that he was going to be able to do it in the NFL um Mm -hmm. and so and so I didn't think that you know any team who took him I, I didn't think that it was really worth it worth a pick um but instead he has completely surprised me um his arm is like it, it just pops. I mean his his balls I don't think that I think that he, he might have the biggest arm in the NFL. Um at, at at least he is right up there with Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, you know, he, he's got a massive arm. He is accurate. I mean he is putting balls into such tight corners, um, putting them right where his receiver can get it. And he's been keeping his Chargers competitive in a ton of games that they had no right to be competitive in. Um, I think he, he's probably, he's definitely up there for rookie of the year and he is definitely my surprise player.
1: Yeah. I think Herbert, like I thought he was going to be a bust personally because he had all the skills, which you can't teach, but he didn't have the decision making factor, which I just didn't like, he was making wrong decisions in college as you talked about. And I just didn't think he would be able to apply that to the NFL because there's plenty of guys who just are studs in college and have all the talent, but they just can apply because they don't make the right decisions in the league with better athletes, better talent uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And I thought he was going to be a bust, but it turns out I was completely wrong. He's playing like a stud. And, uh, yeah, I think he's really surprising. I agree yeah, with you on that one. Same
3: here, Paul. I agree with you. I looked a lot at Herbert after his junior year because there were rumors of him entering the NFL draft and some rumors that he would be taken by the Giants when they had their selection but he didn't end up applying for the draft. And so I really watched him his senior year of college and his junior highlight at Oregon. And he was a lot different from what I understood then. You know, I didn't take him as a, a big arm type of thrower. I imagined him as a uh, a mobile guy slinging the ball, almost like a Brett Favre-esque accurate throws. But now coming into the NFL, I see him as like a, a strong pocket passer with a massive
1: arm. <laughs> and
3: yeah, he's been doing great
1: and he can he can take it out of the pocket when he needs to. It's not like he is just a pocket yeah, yeah. passer, but like he has yeah, legs. He can move. He's the modern he's NFL talented.
3: quarterback. He can move around when needed, but big arm provides for his team. He's definitely a franchise quarterback and I'd be ecstatic as a Chargers fan to have him as our quarterback.
1: Yeah. So uh I think we'll move on to my surprise player. For me, it's DK Metcalf. It has to be like, I thought last season and coming in, he was just, you know, really athletic and he had the confidence needed, but I didn't think he had enough technical skill. Like his route running ability, I heard from scouts, it wasn't up to par. He only knew how to run like a slant and a go route, not that talented. And Pete Carroll, all the credit to him. He saw that and he developed uh, DK skills. And right now he's playing like the best wide receiver in the nfl i'm talking better than d hop better than julio better than everybody he's just been so consistent so dominant in every game and i didn't expect this i thought he would be you know wide receiver two best especially after last year he didn't have like a amazing rookie year or anything he wasn't even the best rookie wide receiver but he really came out this year and he's been playing like the best wide receiver in the nfl and i don't know how true that is but uh it just really surprised me.
2: Yeah, I've loved DK since day one. Uh, since Eli went to Ole Miss, I, you know, when I heard that there were Ole Miss players on, you know, like Todd McShay's, uh, big board, I definitely checked them out. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, were those two guys at Ole Miss? Checked out DK Metcalf, and obviously, the picture of him blew up all over the internet with like the less than two percent body fat, if I remember correctly, and he looks like a monster. Uh. Yeah, I thought he was definitely an athletic freak, but I had thought it would translate well into the NFL, considering his raw talent. But he is way better than I expected, yeah. and definitely uh, surprised by by how well he's been producing this year.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. we're all really
0: surprised by uh, both. Yeah, both. no, Go no. Ahead, Paul. Um, I, you know, no, I agree with DK. Um, well, I don't think that he's the best receiver in the league. I still think it's Julio. I mean, you know, DK's only been here for like one and a half years. I think it, you you still got to factor in all the years and all the production, the consistent production Julio has put in. Um, but no, he he's been great. I thought I thought like he was really good, you know, his freshman season. Um, and I think I think it was because of the connection that him and Russell forged throughout the off season. Uh, but but no, he he's been like incredibly solid. Um, one of the top receivers in the league. Um, he, he went just, he went from being, you know, just like a really solid option for the Seahawks to being, yeah, one of the top receivers in the league. So definitely, you know, a bit of surprise, but you know, proud, like, you know, good, good for him.
2: Yeah. To yeah, yeah. go on to go ahead. my, my most surprising player. He's a part of my most surprising team, but uh, I wouldn't say a major contributor. And that's Ben Roethlisberger. And I I mostly – I'm just really shocked by Ben Roethlisberger because after his injury last year, I was thinking, you're injured at 37, and you're – I just saw Mason Rudolph play like an entire year, and the Steelers were going to have a decent pick in the draft. I was like, okay, they don't really need Big Ben anymore. They could draft a quarterback. Big Ben's probably not going to be that good. He's going to be a mentor to that quarterback and be gone. But this guy has been amazing, like especially after hearing that – Big Ben actually doesn't work out in the off seasons. He just like sits on his couch and like does stuff. I don't know, like eats chips and then watches TV. And then he only starts (laughs) picking up a football when he gets to training camp. I'm in like utter shock watching him now. You know, he's 38 coming off shoulder surgery and he's playing really well. He's done 15 touchdowns this year so far through eight games, which, you know, it might be considered average for another quarterback, but considering his age And how beat up he's been over the years, considering how bad his O-line has been. I'm really surprised with how he's been playing. Uh, Yeah, and and mostly I just think age is a factor, because if I look at Eli, who was part of his class, and Phillip Rivers, Eli's out of the league, and Phillip Rivers is playing terribly. Uh, Really impressed with how big Ben's been playing, and very surprised.
1: Yeah, I think... uh... I wasn't 100% sure how he was going to come back from surgery, like you said. And he's just been outstanding. I think he's really turned into a better person through his years in the NFL, like a better leader. There's some question marks about his work ethic and his leadership and things like that. And I think during his later years in his career, he's kind of matured a little bit more. We know what he did early in his career, but uh, we're not going to mention that he's kind of just became a better leader, became a better person. And I think that's shown in his football. He's playing amazing. And when he starts applying himself to the team, you see what happens and you get an undefeated football team, who, in my opinion, is the best in the NFL. Mm.
2: Well, now that we all have got our biggest surprise players and biggest surprise teams out of the way, it's important we move on to the next topic as we're short on time. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, as we've looked at the most uh, the best surprise teams and players throughout the league. We also want to look at the most – the like, the worst surprises, the most disappointing teams and players that we had such high expectations for but they've just failed, you know, to produce this year, sadly, for some reason. And let's keep our order going. To you, Akshay.
1: Uh, Yeah. So, you know, guys, you know how at the beginning of the season, I said the Dallas Cowboys were going to make the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> oh. I remember, remember everyone what I remembers that. that for being a ridiculous Jack. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, mean, I you, think
1: you also said that about the Dolphins and a bunch of other stuff I've said, which became true. Uh-huh. But like, I, I was kind of completely wrong on this one, buddy. And uh, I honestly thought they had so much talent amazing O line, um, Dak, but we all saw what happened with him, prayers so, out, but uh defense, they've had so many injuries and I think that's the main reason why uh, they're not in the <laughs> Super Bowl. If they if they, if they didn't get injured, I still think this is a decent football team, but uh, and they would dominate that division, but uh, I feel like a bit of a stooge just sitting here um, with Cowboys who may have the number one overall pick, but uh, yeah, I think we just saw how important Dak was to this football team and how wrong I was about uh, them going to the Super Bowl, so I'm sorry, no, no, no. I'm sorry, I'm,
0: I'm glad oh, you no. I'm glad that you're making bold takes. And I'm glad that you're that you're you know accepting defeat when it comes. Um, maybe I got to learn to do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> see, I admit when I'm wrong. I'm other people. Like I'm right <laughs> a lot of the time, but the few times I am wrong, I admit it. <laughs> yeah, well, oh my! Yeah, I am very glad that you
3: admitted it now, Akshay, because not to say I told you so, but. We yeah, told, we you, told so, you so,
0: you ridiculous jack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, should I go or Akio? You go ahead, Paul. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go. Um, just just to keep the Akshay hate going. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the other team that Akshay picked for the Super Bowl, <laughs> um, and he didn't like it when when I told him that I was gonna talk about this. I'm thinking that the Browns are the most disappointing team, um, and what I mean by that is not in the sense that like. The entire NFL had incredible expectations for them, but really, just because Akshay had incredible expectations for them, and I want to see Akshay, you know, make all the wrong predictions. <laughs> so, so this so, is okay. okay. So let me explain. Let me explain. <laughs> Akshay, you know, vehemently said, you know, the Browns are five and three the past two years. I mean, they were losing records, and now they got a winning record. Um, he, he's even he's even picking the Browns coach as his coach of the year later on in the talk. Um, but you know what i disagree i think that baker is the worst qB in the division um he's the worst he's the worst quarterback in the division and you just can't win with him um i don't think you can't you can win some games with him and let me let me say this they are you know better coach than they've ever been um they have a tremendous amount of talent on the offensive and defensive end um but with baker um i i don't I don't exactly understand why he, he seems sort of like a hard worker, but also at the same time, like he talks too much and he does too many, too, he does too many commercials when he's too young. Um, like there's not really a warrant for, for all the uh, advertising he gets. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, Baker just doesn't really have it. It seems like, you know um, I mean, he was getting, he getting outplayed by Joe Burrow in Joe Burrow's first game. And Joe Burrow is playing without an offensive line, like barely with a team. Um, and Joe Burrow is still dominating, you know, time of possession. is making all the right throws. And, you know, Baker is sort of getting bailed out. So that's why I don't see, um, you know, long-term success for this team. E- even if they, well, hmm, I, I don't know. The, I guess I guess it's still sort of up for grabs. The division is sort of up for grabs because the Ravens aren't really doing as well as we thought they would. But I mean, if they end up in the playoffs, it's a first round exit without a doubt. Um, because in the playoffs, that's when you need—that's when you need, you know, your guy. Um, generally, it's the quarterback who's the one who who does it. Um, who, who's your guy in the playoffs? Occasionally, it's a big, you know, running back like Derrick Henry was last year. Um, but you know, they they don't have that guy. Um, you know, Baker, we thought he was that guy, sort of, um, and he's not. So that's why I'm putting him as the most disappointing player. Uh, not because I think the whole NFL had massive
1: expectations, just because Akshay did. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're saying, but, like, they haven't been playing bad. They've beat the Colts, who are pretty good. And I know they got dominated by both the Browns and the Steelers, but, like, end of the day, they're still 5-3, and three, and their schedule only gets easier from here. The Texans, Eagles, Jags, Giants, Jets all coming up. And I feel like they're going to get that momentum going into the playoffs. And they may not make the Super Bowl, but they're going to make a run. And I feel like they're a team to watch, a dangerous team to watch, just as Baker. Is.
0: I mean, I disagree, but there's really not much to be said on that. I think that he, he's putting up pretty much the same numbers as he was his rookie season. Um, if you look at his p- completion percentage and if you look his his like touchdown to pass ratio, um, it's like, what, 15 to 7? Um, you know something around, that, around those lines that's not really the makings of a great quarterback Um,
1: yeah I, I just think Baker's inconsistent when he gets hot he's basically unstoppable which we saw in that second Cincy game like he missed one he had one incomplete pass, pass the last three quarters which was a spike but like when he gets hot he's basically unstoppable and just tends game to game he's just so inconsistent and I think if he can maintain it in the playoffs, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But if not, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And I just, I don't know. I feel like he's going to pull it together at the right time. But uh, we'll see. There's not much not much we can say about it at this point. We just have to wait and see.
3: Yeah, definitely a disappointment in some sense. But for me, the biggest disappointment, uh, the, the biggest disappointing team, in my opinion, was the Texans. And I think it was the Texans because even though they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, I still expected a lot from them considering the players that they had on their team. They got back David Johnson that they got David Johnson in return for DeAndre Hopkins, who I understand is nowhere near where he was in that one year that he took off. But I definitely think he's still someone who could easily get over at least 1300 yards from scrimmage and over 12 total touchdowns. But you know, injuries have caused him to play bad. I wish Deshaun would do a lot better. You know, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, I thought were enough for him to produce to a certain level, uh, as well as David Johnson. And, he, you know, his offensive line is better than he has had in years past with Laramie Tunzel there. But overall, this, it, this team's been very disappointing. I never thought Bill O'Brien was good. Uh, one in six is really upsetting. You know, they have a pretty solid defense. Whitney Merciless, J.J. Watt's still there, Ross Blacklock, uh, Eric Reed. When you look at the team on paper, they should be near 500. Definitely not someone competing for a top five pick.
1: And they don't even have their pick this year. It goes to Miami, that Laramie Tunsil trade. So Miami's only going to get stronger. They kind of wasted this team. And I, I think they need to go into a rebuild because right now, like... Bill O'Brien kind of sold away their future in DeAndre Hopkins and sold away their picks too and I just think I don't know I don't see where they go from here just because like they have aging talent like JJ Watt but they also have young players like Deshaun Watson like there's so many different directions they can go it's going to be a challenge for the uh, whoever the new GM is but like yeah they definitely disappointed I thought they were going to be competing for a playoff spot maybe not make it but they should be a lot better than they're doing right now as you said
3: Yeah, very disappointing uh, from them. And to segue into our next part of this topic of most biggest disappointments, we're going to go to our most disappointment players, uh, biggest disappointing players. For me specifically, the biggest disappointment was not a player or a coach, but an owner, GM, Jerry Jones. And I think it's pretty obvious as to why Jerry Jones is a big disappointment because – Though I don't obviously blame him for the injuries, I think it was a very poor hire in hiring Mike McCarthy because, as I've heard around the league, sorry, I'm not like a league <laughs> common person like Adam Scheffner. Adam Scheffner. Uh, from what I've heard in, in multiple shows and radio podcasts, Mike McCarthy is this really like old school, you know, not developing type of coach. And he's not someone who's going to stick up to the you know, owners of the, of the franchise. And I think that's what Jerry was looking for. Someone that wasn't going to challenge his power. And I thought it was really selfish of Jerry uh, through the draft. He drafted CD lamb, which I thought was a terrible pick considering he had Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, a good old line at the time and Michael Gallup there. And I didn't know why he picked another offensive weapon considering, you know, you could either get better on the defensive side of the ball or just add some nice depth at a different position like the D line. Uh, And another thing he didn't extend Dak at the time. I thought Dak was a terrible quarterback and I thought Dallas could produce without him, but now looking at him, I'm not going to say he's an amazing quarterback, but I I think he's a a must for Dallas to be anything at all. Because after we've seen Dallas without him, they can't even produce with Andy Dalton, who is a, a serviceable serviceable quarterback at the most. And just his, his GM decisions to extend Zeke, and we see how Zeke's producing now with an O-line that's not as utopia as he would like in previous years. So he's made some, uh, some pretty bad moves this year, and he's seen the results as his team has continued to struggle this year.
1: I don't think it's his fault. I just think he's put talent, and it, the coaches just haven't got it done, like Dak. Great quarterbacks we've seen. He's gotten injured. Zeke, he's been a good running back. I think the extension was a bit premature, but it's the first time running backs gotten paid, and I'm glad he did it. But like, yeah, I see what you're saying to a degree. But like Mike McCarthy, you can't judge him with all these injuries that just occurred. Like, you don't know how good of a coach he is yet. And there's just so many unknowns. Like they have Talon Leighton Layton Esch. He signed Alden Smith, which you're forgetting about, and like Jalen Smith. It's just. So many studs that he has, and it's just—I don't know. I feel like he's—he—he's he, he's not the worst GM in the league. That's just all I'm gonna say. Yeah, but I sort of agree with Akio. I mean,
0: it's—it's—it's it's, it's odd because because he used to have so much success. Um, he used to have such great when, when he owned the team in the '90s. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about like Tony. Oh Ramos. yeah, no. But, um. <laughs> You know, when he, I mean, with with, with with Jimmy Johnson as the head coach, um, wait a sec, it is Jimmy Johnson, right? I, did, I didn't just I'm, I'm pretty do the sure Jimmy Johnson subs, right? Uh, Jimmy John, yeah, Jimmy Johnson, come on, yeah, I'm, Jimmy I'm straight, yeah, yeah, um, but, <laughs> um, we, when Jimmy Johnson was the head coach, and I mean, they had Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders and Troy Aikman, um. It wasn't just the talent. I mean, they they were they were incredibly well coached. They were always making the right decisions. Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Um, you know, I I don't know. I I that's why I do agree with Akshay. I think the owner, especially an owner as like influential as Jerry. You know, Jerry has always been one of those guys who is really involved in the organization. You know, other owners are hands off. Um, he's always been a guy who's who's so involved in it. So I think, I think, um, you know, it does, the, the fault does sort of lie on him, especially when, when he's had so much success in the past, you know, there's a, there's a higher standard for the future. Um, So, so that's why I agree with him as being a disappointment.
1: I don't know, because like he's, he has the, you can't say Dak's not good quarterback. He drafted him. You can't say Laney Van Der is not a good linebacker. Like, you've seen these people have talent. It's just about um, them not getting injured, first of all, and then hiring the right coach, which we don't know if he can do yet. But other than, like, the team itself, he's done a good job. And even off the field, he's found a way to make a team in Dallas, America's team, like, all the tension is on them. They're on, playing national TV games almost every single week. And, like, it's not the city. It's not like New York where you have a big market because the other Dallas teams, like the Texas Rangers or the Dallas Mavericks, they're not as popular as the Cowboys. So I think both on and off the field, he's a genius. And I think this season didn't apply, but if he keeps doing it, it will eventually.
0: I guess agree to disagree. Um, And in terms of, oh, uh, actually, yeah, I mean, because my disappointing player is just, um, you know, Baker, and I've sort of already
1: tooted that horn. Yeah, yeah, so... We, we've already talked about yeah, that, go so I think yours. I'll go on to Just mention it really quick. So, wait. Is someone, like... Does everyone I else hear my that? Phone. Is that I don't, the frick is going on. I don't know why it keeps buzzing.
0: It's like, I'm on Do Not Disturb.
2: Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Maybe it'll go away. But uh, for me, for me, uh, the most disappointing player has to be Carson Wentz. Just because, like, he was in the MVP conversation just a few years ago, and now he's talking about possibly being benched. I know people are saying it's about the weapons around him, but he's just not made good plays. He's not had good decision-making. He's trying to do it all on his own, and I think that's leading to the downfall of this Eagles team. And they might win the division in that horrible division, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later, but it's just like he's played horrible. We know he can play amazing. He was the number two overall pick, just hasn't played at the standard we all expect, and I think... That's why he is the most disappointing player. We've seen him do it. He's just not doing it right now.
0: Oh, I, I 100% I one hundred agree. Um, you know, I was thinking that he was like a top-tier quarterback coming into the league or coming into the season. You know, I'm thinking, you know, he is right up there with guys like Russell Wilson and Mahomes. If you just give him a chance, if you just let him be healthy, you know, he is right up there. And, I mean, it's just the opposite. I don't think that – I don't think that the – Weapons. I mean, it, it, it might be true, you know, that he he doesn't have the weapons that he that he sort of used to, but I mean, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow don't have any weapons either, and and you know they're they're out there playing, they're playing great, um. So so I I don't think
1: that that's really a good excuse. Yeah, I just want to add. I know Akil, one of his hot takes at the beginning of the season was that Carson Wentz is a top five quarterback. Just you know, I'm not the only one with some <laughs> that don't pan out. Yeah, and I agreed with him. I
0: agreed, or, or, or I sort of agreed with him.
1: I think me yeah, and you both really. kind of sort of agreed with him. But he's the <laughs> one who put it out there, so let's put okay. it on there.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Should we move on to the next one? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Rookie of the year. Yeah, we're going to kind of go through these kind of quick just because, like, There's so many different options you can choose, and they haven't done much yet because they're just rookies. But I think it's Chase Claypool. He's had a huge impact on his team, just increased the amount of options for the Steelers. And I think that's why their offense has been able to put up points. He's brought a lot of diversity to the team. I think he's kind of the engine that their offense needed to get started behind Juju and James Conner. I just think he's a stud, and they needed him as a backbone of this offense because they didn't have enough weapons and he provides them with something they really didn't have before, which, you know, propelled them to be an undefeated team. And I think he's a big reason.
0: Yeah. He's certainly a stud. Yeah. I think the only issue is the only reason that I wouldn't put him in as the rookie of the year is just because, you know, the way that the way that it always has worked in the NFL with MVP and rookie of the years and things like this, you know, you really need to be a quarterback, um, occasionally a running back, uh, or or else, you know, you you know, you don't really um, get the time of day in, in these kinds of situations. He would sort of have to put, like, up historic numbers as a rookie wide receiver for him to be um, up there for the rookie of the year. But he is a stud, and he is, I agree, a major role in the Steelers' offense that is sort of struggling in terms of, like, what Juju is doing.
1: Yeah, I think, like, both me and Akil uh... – uh, we picked position players, and I think they'll find out a Keels a little bit later. But we're kind of thinking about who not we who we think we would pick, not who we think would win the award, who we think deserves it. I'd put it, put it that way, because like you're always going to pick quarterbacks. But I just think he's been a stud, and yeah, I think you agree with him. I think it's pretty obvious. You can see he's a big part of that offense, and they need him. But I think we can move on to yeah, Keels well, really Rookie of the Year. Years
3: though, I I loved Chase Claypool coming out of college. I think oh I yeah. Thought- it would be I saw projections of him going in the 4th I don't know so confused I was like this guy's 64 240 it's coming out of Notre Dame which is one of the, one of the best programs in college football
1: okay so the most overrated program yeah. in college football <laughs> yeah, yeah, but go yeah. ahead definitely
3: put up great numbers in the uh, in the league so far uh, I think in Pittsburgh the number 2 receiver always picks up the slack in a way because juju i don't think he's the number one receiver when he was the number two behind antonio brown he played great chase claypool is playing as a number two he's playing great and they're using him in a lot of ways you know rushing throwing yeah main two ways uh provides a lot of versatility and power to this offense and a <laughs> body receiver which they haven't had i guess in a in a pretty long time can't think of the last person that they had uh going into my yeah. rookie of the year so far it's an offensive rookie uh Clyde Edwards-Helaire and I watched a lot of LSU football last year and I always thought he was a big piece in that offense and then I saw him in the draft board as like a third round pick and I was so confused I was like this guy is exceptional I don't know why he's so low but I I do I do credit some of his success uh to the offense he's a part of, you know, such an explosive offense with a great quarterback and a great offensive mind in Andy Reed, they really know how to utilize his talents. And I really wish I could see him in a, a not so overpowered offense because he's played at LSU in such a great offense with Joe Burrow. Uh, and now he's playing in such a great offense in Kansas city, but again, he's putting up great numbers. He's top five in the league in rushing and fantasy owners are definitely pleased with what he's been putting up this year so far.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying, but like, I feel like he's been playing well, but it's not because of him. It's been because of the team around him. It's because when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, they can't stack the box. They have to let you run all of them because you have to let uh, Clyde beat you rather than Mahomes. Like, you would rather have that happen because there's less chance. But like, and you haven't seen him play in a stacked offense. Like, when he wasn't, when he was at LSU years before 2019, he wasn't you know, a stud that the way we saw his 2019 national championship season, like he's only been productive in these stacked offenses. And I think it kind of shows the type of running back he is, and he'll need to play in that for, in my opinion, the rest of his career to be successful, but he's putting up numbers and a uh, no chiefs fan or can complain. He's not playing well. Cause he is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess in terms of going to, uh, to my Rookie of the Year, I, you know, and I know what Akshay is saying about it's we're not just about like, you know, who is most likely. Um, this isn't just like picking the odds about who's most likely, but also who deserves it the most. I, I mean, I credit you guys for sort of going outside of the box, but I still think that there's some conventional wisdom about quarterbacks and about, you know, having the biggest impact on your team. I think that your Rookie of the Year uh, is, is essentially the way that I see it is just an MVP for rookies, you know, who is making the biggest impact on their team. And I think it's just tough to do that when you're anybody but the quarterback, um, you know, also a running back. So quiet, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But also because they've got so many guys on that offense who can do so many things. Um, you know, it's like when you – I think that for an MVP, for a rookie of the year, the way that it should work is think of that team – you this is the first guy that you think of and Clyde Edwards alaire um is not the first guy I think of on the Chiefs I think he's probably like the fourth guy I think of after Mahomes and Tyreek and Kelsey and you know maybe it's that it's him there um same sort of I wouldn't I, I mean it's a little bit different for Claypool he is sort of established himself as the best receiver on the team maybe it's just because Juju gets all the attention and he's open um but even still it's just going to be difficult for a wide receiver to make as big of an impact as a quarterback, which is why I'm going with, um, I think, I think it'll be tough between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Um, Joe, Joe Burrow, I think is probably the favorite right now. Um, you know, but a slight favorite if Herbert picks it up a little bit more or Burrow, you know, just keeps playing great. Um, we'll see. So, uh, but I think I'm going to go with Herbert. I think that he is, um, I think that he's got a higher ceiling than Burrow just because of the arm strength, Um, just could, because of his frame. Uh, And so I think that he, he's had, you know, a tremendous impact. And just because he surprised me so much and I think that he's caught a lot of people off guard, think that, you know, he's my guy for rookie of the
1: year. Yeah, I have to agree. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but like, He's been good, and there's no denying it. Possibly the best rookie and definitely in the conversation. Yeah, I definitely
3: agree. Herbert's a great quarterback in the league so far. It'll be really interesting who Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to go to considering such great young players in this league. Um, and much of that is accredited to their coaches, which will bring us into our next section of who we think our midseason Coach of the Year is. And we'll go back same say more to Akshay. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think all three of us picked uh, coaches from teams we've already kind of talked about, so we'll kind of go through it a little bit quicker than we did the other segments, but I think coach of the year, you guys aren't going to maybe agree with this, but I think it's Kevin Stefanski. That Browns team really underperformed last year with uh, Freddie Kitchens. They had a ton of pressure going into this season. If Baker Mayfield was going to be the quarterback of the future, if it was the coach or if it was the team, um, just a bunch of pressure on this team, and they've produced, they have a winning record. and. They've been a really good team, in my opinion. I know Paul disagrees, and we're going to have to agree to disagree, but uh, I think he's done a phenomenal job as a first-year head coach, um, making this team a playoff team and a possible Super Bowl contender. I, in my uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you go, Akio. Oh,
3: yeah, well, I, I definitely agree that he's, he's been a great coach this year so far as a year one head coach because he knew not to give Baker the ball too much and just to pound it with his running backs, which worked for a long time until sadly Nick Chubb got injured. Uh, I don't know about coach of the year, but I'm very pleased with the way he's been working with his unit in Cleveland.
0: Yeah. I I also think, I think the larger note, I think that the Browns, um, the internal organization, finally, after so many years, I think that they are sort of starting to tighten it up. Um, You know, Stefanski is a good coach, um, you know, is, is honest in terms of how good his players are. You know, what Akil said, you know, he knows that Baker is maybe not the guy, and he's been pounding it with a running game as long as he could. Um, and the same with the GM for the Browns. Uh, I think that, you know, he, he recently, um, in the media, he recently was kind of gave an ambiguous answer, said that they are not committed necessarily to Baker, um, you know, in coming years. You know, he gave Baker credit where credit was due, but he said, you know, we are not necessarily committed to him for, for the coming years. Um, and I think that that is a really good sign, you know, not just having this blind faith in your quarterback, but, you know, really being honest and taking an accurate look at him and and maybe possibly looking to move on in the future. So I think, you know, as a whole, Browns have tightened it up.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think similar to the young coach in or first year head coach in, in Cleveland that's done such a great job is Cliff Kingsbury, who's only in his second year over in Arizona. And I thought he's done an an amazing job so far, you know, in such a competitive division with such great coaches in that division. Like I honestly believe it's probably the best coaching division in the league. Uh, He's continued to make a name for his team and himself uh, with the loss of Chandler Jones on defense. He's done a great job keeping up with such high powered offenses that he's played against. And his offense is self-explanatory given his Great quarterback, great receiver, and nice, solid running back depth that he's had. My only complaint with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was this is the decision to draft Isaiah Simmons, which I know is not entirely up to him, but he's got to communicate with his defensive coordinator about how to use Isaiah Simmons, and he's barely played this year so far, which is a major concern considering he was the eighth pick in this year's past draft.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's done a really good job. There's no denying it. They were my most surprising team. Don't really disagree with a lot of what you said. Like, pretty obvious. Nobody really expected them to be here, and this is where they are. Like, they've definitely outperformed expectations, and I think because of that, he's a good candidate for Coach Um, of the Year.
0: He's done a good job. You know, Kyler's great, um, but he's done a good job, you know, exploiting his talent. Uh, Let's – Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll, I'll just be real quick with mine. Um, this is sort of just like a safe pick um, with, with Andy Reed as coach of the year. Um, just because I think that he's, he is. Sometimes after a Super Bowl teams can get complacent. Um, you know, the fact that they've only dropped one game, which was sort of a fluke. Um, I, I think that that's, you know, just an overall good sign. Um, uh, you know, I think that, so that's why I'd give Andy Reed credit. Um, just just for, you know, kind of keeping his foot on the gas and still and still, you know, not being not being content with one, um, but going for as many as he can. So, yeah, that's really the only reason, because we we all know that he's been such a good and such a consistent, consistent, creative head coach for so many years. Um, There's not really much to say about his talent. That's all been said before. Um, So, yeah, just sort of a safe pick with Andy
1: Reid. Yeah, personally, I think you have to look at Coach of the Year on more of a year-by-year basis than rather than the resume. Otherwise, you get caught up in like the Bill Belichick's of the world and Andy Reid's and so on. But I can definitely see what you're saying. It's a task to be manager of a Super Bowl-winning team when there's so many expectations on you. But I don't know. I, Coach of the Year, I usually like taking the teams who weren't expected to do much but end up really overperforming. So that's just what I think. But uh, I can definitely see where you're coming from. So I think we should move on to our last midseason award of the MVPs, which i don't know we're just kind of going to pick the best three players in the league thus far to this point um for me it has to be aaron Rodgers. he has no weapons around him he has a front office and a coaching staff that doesn't trust him when they pick jordan love in the first round i think he's been on his revenge tour other than the one game against the bucks where he didn't play too well he's just been a complete stud throwing touchdowns on touchdowns he's been more open with the media this year so I don't know. I just feel like he's been out to prove everyone wrong and he's been doing that. We saw Thursday night football against the Niners. He was amazing. And without many weapons, other than Devontae Adams, who who's only played five and a half games, suited up for six. He's just been he's been a stud and there's no yeah, other I way to put agree.
3: it. I, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers win MVP after they took Jordan Love. And after not taking wide receivers in the first four rounds of the draft, I think it'd be a really nice kick to the front office. But, you know, that Bucks game is the only thing that's holding me back from giving it to him considering not not necessarily him playing easy teams so far and producing at such a high level, but the one time he played a really good defense, he didn't produce as well as we expected or had hoped he would have.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you, Akil. I think that the Bucks game is sort of holding him back. Um, it was kind of like... I won't say it was the first time he was playing a good quarterback this season, but, you know, someone really his caliber, Tom Brady, and you get to watch them. Like you get, it's like, you know, you get that comparison. And even though it's certainly not a fair fight, considering, you know, how much more weapons that Tom has around him, how much more support he has in the front office. Um, But still, you know, people are going to look at it that way that it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, you know, dominated and Aaron Rodgers looked um, really underwhelming and I think that's sort of what holds me back for giving him the MVP but I would love to see him continue to turn it up and and win one at the end of the year
1: I mean like he outplayed Drew Brees earlier in the season and then Deshaun Watson he's been he's been playing some good Matt Stafford too Matt Ryan who hasn't been that good but he's played some good quarterbacks he's played pretty well and everyone has that one off game like not every game is going to be MVP caliber caliber. Like for example, um, actually I'll let Akhil get to his uh, person before I bring up any counterpoints that yeah, you may uh, have. So, well, you know, Akil, go I, ahead.
3: I think in other years, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rogers would win it, but this year it's not necessarily, he doesn't deserve it, but someone else deserves it more. And I think that someone is Russell Wilson. Uh, he's
1: consistency King. He's, But he's not. You saw that Cardinals game. He did not play well. He's the reason they lost that game. Like in the Packers game against the Bucks, Aaron Rodgers wasn't the reason they lost that game. Their defense couldn't stop anybody, first of all. But um, the Seahawks versus Cardinals, uh, Seattle gave Russell Wilson a chance to win that game, but he turned the ball over too much and he just lost it for them. He hasn't been playing the same level um, that Aaron has, in my Uh, opinion. But go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. You said,
3: like, against you. With the Aaron thing, you know, of course, you're going to have one bad game. I I hope that's just one of Russell's bad games. But besides that, I think he's been doing great. I think at some point uh, up until like week six, he had a 75% completion percentage. And I think he's been doing great, especially considering his head coach is a defensive head coach. And in my opinion, he only has two weapons, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. His O-line is uh, better than in the past, but definitely not. Uh, even above average in my opinion. And I don't think his running backs are very good pass-catching running backs. Uh, I believe they're way better at just running the ball and getting
0: the ball in their hands. Um, yeah, I, and, and actually going into my take, I agree with I agree with Akio more than I agree um, with my take or with Akshay's take. I would say in Patrick Mahomes just because I think that if we're going to talk about an MVP conversation – really we're talking about the top quarterbacks in the league right now um in which case i think the the highest tier is mahomes wilson uh rodgers and i guess you'd put brady you put brady up there too um and so i think that you just have to round it out with mahomes and that's why i picked him you know he's been playing unbelievable like he does every year uh but i but i honestly do think that that russell he Russell deserves it more because he's doing it with less than Mahomes is. I think he's, he's doing it with, with more than Rodgers is, but I think what's the difference is that game against Arizona, I one, I sort of see it as a fluke, and two, I mean, Rodgers had uh, like a, that sort of game against the Vikings where he, where he could have come back and win it. He could have came back and won it, and he didn't. Um, and the Cardinals are a better team than the Vikings were. Granted, the Bucs are a better team than the Cardinals are. But I think that that I think that the I think that the Bucks' performance is holding him back because I know he did. He has played good quarterbacks, but one, I don't think that Matthew Stafford is really up there anymore. Um, he's still a good quarterback, but, he, but he's not really in that conversation. Um, not necessarily true for Deshaun, but also just because the Texans are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, we all knew that was going to be a blowout. I guess Breeze, Breeze is up there. Breeze is definitely up there. But the Saints have sort of underperformed anyways. So, so, I, so I did feel that Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, that matchup was probably the most exciting one or potentially exciting one that the Packers had all season. And the fact that he performed so badly in that game compared to Russell Wilson performing badly in you know, an Arizona game um, I think that that's just gonna matter more for the MVP,
1: and I think that, um, yeah, yeah, that's why. I just think for me, when you look at MVP, it's who does the most with the least around them. It's like Patrick Mahomes; he has so many weapons around him. Even uh, Russ. Oh my God, Russell Wilson to ex- to an extent. Um, they have weapons, whether it be Chris Carson, DK Metcalf. Uh, Tyler Lockett there's just people around them meanwhile Aaron Rodgers he doesn't have anyone he's been playing amazing and even in that Vikings game he threw for 291 yards and three touchdowns no picks like he's been good it's just the players around him in the games he's lost but yeah, I can definitely see where you guys are coming from I think we've all made some really good points but uh, I think it's time we move on to our hot takes because uh, we I just mentioned the Vikings and um, my hot take is the Vikings are going to make the playoffs at 10 and 6. And I know it seems a little bit uh hot as it's supposed to be the take home um, um with the Vikings being what's the record right now 2 and 5. But they had had a really hard schedule up to this point with teams like Seattle, Tennessee, Green Bay twice, Indiana, um just really hard teams and from here on out it gets a lot easier with teams like Detroit, Chicago, Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville. Uh, it's just there's a path for them to win. And I think on the back of this Vikings victory are on the back. Uh, they just beat the Packers. So they're going to have momentum carrying on from that. And I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run here the rest of the season. And we thought they were going to win the division to start off. And I think they're still a talented team. There's a yeah, good Vikings, chance they will.
3: After seeing how they perform against Packers, uh, uh, I could see that, I, you know, if, if they played like that consistently from the beginning
2: of the season, Then, uh, you know, even against those hard teams that they started off against, I could, I would definitely agree with you, but, you know, going from two and five to eight and one the rest of the season, I think is really, really tough considering you're in a, you're in a division with Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford's still really good and an elite Bears defense.
1: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Like, it's definitely no sure thing with them being two and five right now. But uh, yeah, I think I think you it's said there's a good chance. Take. And that's um, all you know.
0: Kind of surprising, but also yeah, an easier schedule and the fact that they have had you know some good wins. Um, you know, they they really might just have. Take this is definitely a good take. Uh, Akio, you want to get to yours?
2: Yeah. So. Uh, I'd like to argue that mine is maybe the hottest, hopefully the hottest take out of the three of ours. Um, though I said Akshay's is is kind of ridiculous based off of the record standpoint of the Vikings.
0: I, I, I mean, I, your your take is the hottest in terms of like, like, you know, a dumpster fire, you know, it's like a fire <laughs> is really hot, you know? That's, yeah, that's the yeah. way that yours is hot. But continue.
2: <laughs> mine is that the New York Giants win the NFC East. And that's the only way they make it into the playoffs. The only reason I'd say this is because the NFC is atrocious and the worst division in football by far. Uh, the Eagles, I, you know, Washington, I don't think they're good. I don't think Kyle Allen is good enough to lead them, to lead their offense at all. And though their defense is exceptional, actually, statistically, they're the second best defense in the league. Um, I I don't think that'll carry them to winning the division. Eagles, their schedule is really hard the rest of the season. I saw they play the Cardinals, Seahawks, Packers, and the Browns, which are really competitive teams, which I think they'll lose all of those. Um, The Giants play some really good teams too. But, you know, seeing that they've gotten better week to week, they, you know, opening week, I thought they put up a decent fight against the Steelers, definitely better than what I expected. And then this past week against the Buccaneers, they played their – their best football in my opinion in the first half and i think if they keep that up consistently for at least three quarters of the game get a solid lead they can do that easily and win this terrible terrible division and no need to mention the cowboys as ben dinucci is their starting quarterback and he will take them absolutely nowhere and andy dalton will ride them to the number two pick in the draft
1: um i'm just i don't know what this giants team like I don't even know what this division, I don't know who to pick at this point because it's not the Cowboys as I originally thought it was going to be, but they've had some close games against the Eagles and the Bucks. Like they've blown leads just like the Falcons at this point, but they've been playing some good football. And with this division, you just never know. I'm not going to count it out, but definitely think it's the least likely actually I'd say they better than the Washington football team, but I think third best team in this division. And they are already two games behind the Eagles. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Florida. I agree. You never um, know with this division. I
0: agree with Aksha that you never know what's going to happen with this division. And I also agree with the that they've been playing some good football, especially the game against the Buccaneers. Um considering, you know, how well the Buccaneers and Tom Brady have been playing against other teams. Maybe it's something about, you know, the New York cold. Um maybe it's something about the grit that the team has got. Um but but I think that, you know, yeah, there's it's possible that they might just win the division. Uh, and finally, the last part of our segment today, we are running at, I think maybe this is an hour and 10 minutes. This is Loki a long podcast. All right, we're going to finish you know. this off with my hot take. And this is sort of like a conditional take, um, but but I'll, but I'll say it anyway. I think that the Ravens, whether they get a top seed and if they, if they get a top seed and make it, and have a bye to the divisional, which I don't think will happen. I think it'll be um, the Chiefs and the Steelers. But it
1: wait, only really? one team gets it this week this year.
0: Actually, yeah, just this
1: seventeen playoffs. Uh, so. Just
2: to pipe in on that, apparently, I heard on the Colin Coward uh, podcast that there might be eight teams this year, and they might switch it up like mid-season. So that's why, I, you know. That might have affected some of our takes throughout the podcast, but keep going. Okay.
0: Well, regardless. Um, yeah, I don't, well, I don't think they're getting uh, a, a buy, um, but even if they did, uh, they're going out in the first round. I think the Ravens are going out in the first round. And the reason I say that um, is not just because of what happened last year, um, but sort of because of Lamar's regression. Um, when it comes to playoffs, I said earlier, you need an it guy either generally it's a quarterback occasionally it's a running back but you need a guy who can who you can absolutely depend on um to get you that win uh you know and and i don't and and well this goes for like close games and but because so many playoff games are close games you know that's why you need lamar to be that guy and i worry just that you know when he's playing uh, when he's playing behind when it's late in games, when he's got to make a big throw on third and eight and, and things like that. I just don't think that he's there yet. I think he's a hard worker and I think he will get there eventually. um, But I don't think it'll be this year. So that's why I don't, I don't really love the Ravens chances um, for making it out of the first round.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I agree with you. I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. Ravens are are one of the most overrated teams in football, at least they were. Um, And you disagree with me then to see my ways right now. And I know Lamar... I know. Lamar's been playing horrible. I think it's going to continue. I think there's a chance they don't even make the playoffs. But I saw he's like 0-3 against undefeated teams or something like that. And he's never... Came back from a touchdown behind, um, zero three against winning teams, and he's never came back from uh, a deficit against like any team or something like that. I saw that on GetUp. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it was, but I just think he they can't play from behind. And Whenever they play, start so playing against better teams, they're done for. Definitely as you we we were saying,
2: watching the Ravens and how they battled that AFC North, which was you know a little less competitive than I expected it to be but I agree with what Paul said about them, uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens just choking in the playoffs so far these past two years. And I think it's a woe that they're going to face in the coming years as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. Um, And I guess that I did the intro, so I guess I'll finish it out with the, with the conclusion too. Um, You know, that concludes our podcast. Uh, uh, We're Running up at you know an hour and fifteen minutes I think, Um and you know been a good one. Good to good to hear from you guys again. It's been a minute. I will see you tomorrow when I smoke you in football, Um, Akshay. Me and Akil playing on <laughs> the same team, so it'll it's a it's a collective smoke. Um, but <laughs> but that's all that's all that we have for today. <laughs> uh We'll see you guys maybe next week, and I'll you know see Akshay tomorrow, of course, when I destroy him. Anyway, see you guys. See you guys. (laughs) Good night.